Welcome to Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's self-gathering. Are you interested in hearing more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.Church forward slash self. What are you laughing at, Stacy? I like that gathering word. Yeah, that's what we do. We gather. I like the word. face you make when you did it. Yeah. <laughs> I made a face. Uh-huh. I didn't mean to. You did. I we should you. do this on video sometime. I don't know. <laughs> about. That's probably where I tap out. <laughs> Dave doesn't like even like listening to his voice. Nope. I no, I don't, I don't either. Know how we do having to watch it, watch himself. This goes back to our embodied souls discussion. I know. <laughs> We're bodies. And- I barely listen to the podcast because I don't like listening to my voice. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I think this is being published somewhere around July 4th. Do you guys have any uh, July 4th traditions that you do with your family? Any ways that you like to celebrate? Do anything? It's kind of different every year. Sometimes we have people over. Last barbecue. year we walked to mm. the um, the fireworks that they light off in Lakeville. We can walk to. It's just a few blocks from our house. So we did that last year. We'll probably do that again. Yeah. But other, in years past, when the kids were little, it was like, people, neighbors, please stop lighting off your fireworks late <sighs> into the night. How does your dog so, do with fireworks? He was fine, but now that he's in his senior years, he gets scared of things like that. So he'll probably be hiding under my daughter's bed. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Dave, do you guys do anything? We uh, typically talk about what we're going to do a lot, check out different places, and then the tradition is kind of like a mad scramble somewhere random to try to get there right before they start. And then we take our beds to or take our take our beds to kids, <laughs> take our kids to bed, and uh, they normally kind of fall apart on the way home. And then we pray they're not sick the next day. Hey, <laughs> sounds like a party. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of the tradition yeah. that we have that I have in my mind, at least. <laughs> Last year, we had, um, I don't even know, maybe I, what, I'll, say, I'll say it. Last year, where we were living, there was a random neighbor we had. We'd watch this happen. They would be out on their porch, just kind of enjoying one of their favorite habits, Randomly walk into the middle of the street. Oh no. <laughs> light off a real sized firework right in the middle of our road <laughs> and do it just like once every, you know, 10 or 12 minutes whenever the Lord or something else led them to do that. <laughs> and keep our kids up the whole night for about three weeks. It was great. Oh wow. It wasn't wow. just on the fourth. No, they were oh. they're dedicated before and after. Oh. So America. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, we would always go to the fireworks and my sister, who was seven years younger than me, she was like, we got to go to the fireworks. We got to go. We got to go. And then we would get there and she would sit there under the blanket with her ears covered the entire time <laughs> that we were at the fireworks. My favorite fireworks memory, we're doing, we're spending way too long in this, but my yeah. favorite fireworks memory is uh, Iris was colicky, like mm-hmm. really, really bad. The first like five months of her life, like there's lots of stories about that, but we went to the fireworks show um, that first year of her life. And we brought her and we're like, oh, it's going to be too loud. And it was the first time we got there and they started and she just like fell asleep. And oh, we were like, wow. how can we mimic this every day? <laughs> just like, how can we <laughs> put a recording of booms in her room? That's right. Just really loud, scary explosions. <laughs> yeah. Huh. 
Interesting. All right. Well, we are moving into the the real topic now. That was a great discussion. Thanks, guys. Um, We're talking about being embodied souls, and this is the third part in a series. And we're just talking about how um, our spiritual lives relate to our physical lives and how uh, we have a soul that God created, but also a body that God created, and they affect one another. Um, So we talked about that kind of in general the first week. The second week, we tied it to worship, and we talked a fair bit about corporate worship and how gathering together uh, as God's people uh, is part of worshiping as embodied souls and the things that we do in worship. And today, we're going to talk about uh, our work. Um, Some people have, in uh, the history of the church, have talked about our vocations or things that we do uh, for a living, you know, our work. So... Where does that, you know, concept come from, you know, in the Bible? How does, how is that tied to spiritual realities? Um, where would you start when we talk about our work as worship? Stacey, you have your Bible open. All right. Well, in Genesis, yes. Yeah. Genesis chapter one, um, God gives the man dominion and says to be fruitful and multiply. And mm-hmm. so he gives the man and the woman work to do, you know, in the garden, the man to work and keep it. Mm -hmm. And um, all of this is before the fall. And so it was good things that God gave them to do in the world. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to think that work, working and keeping the garden, um, you know, so often we think about work at post fall, Mm -hmm. but it's a good thing. Like humans were made to work. That's one of the things that we were supposed to do. Um, and to reflect God's image because God is a creative God, right? He created in those, in those six days. Mm-hmm. And so in his image, we are supposed to reflect him by working, by creating, by doing things. Um, so Dave, anything to add just at, at that part? Yeah, just that to be made in the image of God uh, means that wherever you are, um, to be mindful of the reality that you're reflecting that image um, that's not that's not just when you're doing what we talked about last episode. That's not just when you're in a corporate worship service. Mm-hmm. That's whatever your vocation is, wherever you are, to be reflecting his image. Um, I even think of where Jesus says, I forget which gospel it's in, but he's talking to the religious leaders and they're getting all on him about healing on the Sabbath. And he says, my father's always working. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. even Paul says, you know... Uh, I worked harder than any of them, yet not I, but the grace of God at work in me. And so there's something about being made in the image of God who is always working, something about the grace of God that helps us be hard workers because it's restoring us to, to like what you said, what, what it was like pre-fall, that we were made to work, we were made to uh, have dominion, made to create, made to make things better, Mm -hmm. uh, spread the image of God wherever we go. Yeah. So then how should we think about the types of things that we do? It feels like it's easy, uh, maybe for Christians more than others, to think that, oh, there are some things to do that are like more worthwhile or, you know, like more, I don't know, significant. And then there are other jobs that are like, "Eh, this isn't, you know, this isn't as good because, you know, whatever. Um, so how, how should we think about the ways that we evaluate what we're doing for work? Are there certain vocations that are more spiritual and others that are less spiritual? Or, you know, how should we think about that type of thing? Finding God's will for our working life. 
Mm. I mean, I would say um, not even... So, so there are certain things that all Christians ought to do mm-hmm. to, to keep their minds and their souls and bodies refreshed in Jesus. So there's, you know, I mean, reading the Bible and yep. doing devotionals are, are necessary things. Um, but what I would say is, you know, depending on circumstances, and it's not just different vocations, but even like different activities. So even when I'm, you know, when I'm out shoveling my sidewalk in mm-hmm. the winter, I don't think that that's less spiritual. I'm I'm bringing order. I'm imaging God. Mm-hmm. I'm loving my neighbor by you know by having that Amazon delivery person not fall on my you know slippery sidewalk. I'm and and all those things are in my mind. So when I'm even when I'm out there with my you know my kids trying to help them, like why do we do this? You know because we're made in the image of God and we work and we. We bring order to things, and we care about other people, and um, so I, I think that it's it's a false dichotomy in many ways that there's more or less spiritual activities if we really are embodied souls inhabited by the Spirit, and so so those microcosm of activities would just be, you know, amplified when we talk about whole vocations. Mm-hmm. It's not more spiritual uh, to be, you know, in ministry than it is to be doing something else, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Whatever we're doing, we're made in the image of God and meant to, and, and we are where we are for his purposes and his plans. And along the lines of what you were saying, I don't think we're just talking about what you get paid to do as a job. Right. But, you know, if you, like you were saying, shoveling your driveway or things, um, it's not what you get, what you're getting paid to do when we talk about vocation, but like the work, we all work in some way, whether we get paid or not. So when I was a stay at home mom and that was all I did, like mm-hmm. that was definitely work and imaging God to my children yeah. full time and caring for my home. And, you know, now I have a job outside the home, but um, we're doing that all the time, like imaging God wherever we are. And I think one way that's important way to think about that is, am I looking like him in whatever I'm doing? Like the fruits mm. of the spirit, am I mm-hmm. displaying those, his love, his gentleness, his grace to those that I come, you know, encounter. And I think through a lot of vocations, um, we're imaging God or we're, we're trying to help uh, love others in mm-hmm. human flourishing and bettering the fallenness of the world in ways that we're able. So doctors like caring for the sick or, you know, nurses and healthcare, um, people in the construction industry, building homes and buildings that are functional, but also beautiful. Like our God is a creative God and look at the world that he made and um, his creativity. And we can reflect that through beauty and creating things, um, teachers. I mean, everything, most I mean, I'm sure there are some jobs that are not good, you know, but most of the things that I'm thinking of, you know, have value. Yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about God's will, you know, it isn't like, oh, you know, being a a doctor is more significant or worthy than a construction worker. Right. But, you know, God has revealed in in his word how we're supposed to live. So- Obviously, there. You know, if we're doing a job where we're like violating his commands, right? Sinning, absolutely. Yeah, then that's not good. Yes. But as right. far as, right. yeah, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> but um, as far as the wide range of vocations that are available for us, 
and I mean, let's just, you know, pause and acknowledge that we live in a place <laughs> with a lot of opportunity and a yeah, lot of, a lot of choices, a lot of choice and yep. a lot of throughout history, this hasn't really existed. Right. Like you just did what your family has done forever. Yep. And that's just what you did. And you didn't worry about it. Yep. If your name um, was Billy Shoemaker, you were probably a shoemaker. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Shoemaker. Um, but now we have all these choices and it's, it's great. Um, but it isn't so much like exactly which one you end up doing so much as the heart that you're doing it with. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you think of texts like offer your bodies as living sacrifices to the Lord, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. So everything that you're doing, and we touched on this last week is worship and that includes your vocation. So if you're fixing cars for the glory of God, Mm -hmm. you're worshiping. Um, and you know, um, when you work, you know, you think of Galatians one, uh, working not as to please man, but to please God. Mm-hmm. So when you're, you know, if you're working a fast food, you know, drive through and you're serving burgers and taking money, you can do that not to please man, but to please God, to serve him, to say, you know what, I'm just going to do this with all my heart and this is for you. And this is my worship. And I'm going to serve my neighbor, love my neighbor through this. You're being faithful and that is not any less worthy or significant than a doctor performing heart surgery in the eyes of the Lord, because again, it's a matter of your heart. And that's where we talk about the things that we do. Our actions are connected to our souls. We are embodied souls. Mm-hmm. One, one way to say it may be like, summarize what you just said really simply is what makes, what makes an activity or a vocation spiritual is not the content of the vocation or activity, but the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit makes something spiritual. Mm -hmm. So believers inhabited by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, when, you know, when, when seeking to be conformed to the will of God through his word and prayer, there is a, so, so, so another way to just highlight what we're saying is two doctors doing the exact same thing. Yeah. One is worship, one is not. Mm-hmm. One is spiritual, one is not. Uh, two auto mechanics, right, doing the same thing. Two pastors yeah, mm-hmm. doing the same thing. Two whatever doing the same thing. Yeah. What makes it spiritual is the Holy Spirit in conformity to the will of God through his word and prayer. Um, and so w- it, it goes back to what I said, you know, living, breathing, moving, acting worship centers all the time. I really do believe that there will be a difference felt in those things, even if they're in the same activities, because the Holy Spirit is the one moving and working, right? So I, when I'm outside shoveling my, my driveway or shoveling my walkway, mm-hmm. I see a lot of other people out there doing it. Some of us are worshiping and some of us are not, Yep. right? And our kids will feel that and mm-hmm. our neighbors will feel that and our you will feel it because the Holy Spirit's working yep. and you're the aroma yep. of Christ wherever you are to Stacy's point. Amen. So what what would you say, either of you, <clears throat> to someone who maybe is struggling to find maybe a sense of purpose or a sense of fulfillment uh, in their current stage of life, whatever the Lord has them doing right now? What are a couple things to, that you would have them reflect on or say to them uh, to just help them in that in that state? I would say do it with all your heart, whatever you're doing. Um, and where, you, where that's hard, ask God for help. Mm-hmm. You know, ask, ask him to help you 
uh, see yourself as made in the image of God, see what you're doing as meant to be done with all your might by the power of the Holy Spirit. Ask him to provide opportunities in whatever you're doing to make much of him by being the hardest worker or the most excellent worker or the most joyful worker. I mean, man, I just think in workplaces in this day and age, even to be a happy, content, Mm -hmm. hardworking person is going to stand out so much in a culture that is just constantly frustrated and outraged at everything. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, the other thing I'd say is um, do that with all your heart and ask God for contentment, contentment in every situation you're in. And then, you know, if, if this is not what the Lord has for you long term, talk to godly friends and talk to godly family and pray. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to ask God, man, is, am I supposed to be doing something else? You know, is there something else you have for me? Is this a, in other words, is this a, uh, is this a, a discontentment that the Lord has grown in you slowly that he's moving you towards something else? Like, a, mm-hmm. yeah, I want you to do something else. Um, or is this just your discontentment <laughs> yeah. that's growing out of a place of, uh, you know, frustration or bitterness? Um, and I think you can do both of those at the same time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you do the first one, you can have a lot more certainty about the second one right. as you do it. Um, those would just be a couple of really practical things. And I don't think we want to be idealistic about work. I mean, we do live in a fallen world. And so as we see work is fallen and it's hard after Genesis 3 that it there's thorns and thistles. It's yep. hard. It's not fun always. Um so if you're in a job or you know your vocation or whatever that is not what you want to be doing, I think like you said, Dave, thank God that you have something that can provide for yourself or your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, pray about, if, is there something else way that the Lord is leading? Um, yep. But continue to be faithful and look like him in what you are doing where he has you right now. <clears throat> yep. And so important to do the heart check because, like to Stacy's point, there's thorns and thistles everywhere. Yep, exactly. Right? So, so that that doesn't mean you never change. Yeah, it just but it does mean the grass is greener on the other side, and then you yeah. get over there and you're like, ah, the thistles are green too. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, hey, it. that's right. So to bring this full circle, will there be work in heaven? Yeah, I think so. I but there will be no thorns and thistles. No thorns and thistles. The fall yes. will be removed, and so it won't be toilsome. Yeah. 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 But there will still be work to do with the hands and it's going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Just the one other thing to add to what Dave was saying. Um, I think another thing that you to just say to people is just to trust that the Lord has you where you're at now in this moment for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like he's sovereign, right? We believe that. And mm-hmm. we don't just say it because, you know, it's fun to say. We say it because it matters for our life that there's a reason that God has you where you're at right now. And even if in a month he's going to move you, well, he hasn't moved you yet, right? So trust him that you're where you're at um, for his glory and your joy. And then just rest in that fact. Rest that the Lord knows what he's doing. And so I'm just going to rest there. And I don't love this, but I'm going to work with all my heart because he's in control. Mm. So one, uh, one, Along those lines, one one thing actually, Rick Shank he he goes to the South Campus, the BCS professor. He uh, he said to me once, or maybe to our class, can't remember if it was just me or our class, but oftentimes in ministry, mm-hmm. um, 
people go, well, are you the, you know, are you the one that, that they need to lead them in this season? Are you the, you know, that, that kind of thought. And he said to us, um, wherever the Lord has you land will be just as much for your sanctification yeah. as it will for the congregations. And that, that's been a really paradigm shifting thought. Cause I don't think it just applies to pastoral ministry. I think it applies mm-hmm. to everything like where you are yeah. yep. to your point, the Lord has you for your sanctification. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we think about it the other way. Where can, you know, where am I supposed to be to do this or that? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you can think about that, but wherever you are right now is in God's design for your good. Yep. And mm-hmm. that really matters. And that's a way to even think about like where you live. Yeah. It's like yeah. you live where you live for a reason. Yep. And it, that's for your sanctification and for the good the good of your neighbors. Yep. Um, and so serve and trust in the exact same way. That's mm-hmm. right. That's Love right. your neighbors and be intentional and pray and just serve and then watch the Lord work. Yeah. Can I just add one thing that I said beforehand mm-hmm. and forgot to say fit it in here perfectly, but I mean, looking at the life of Jesus, he had 30 years of being a carpenter before he entered his, you know, more public ministry the last few years of his life. And He's so just- the, the youngest two-year-old carpenter. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, <laughs> stuff, <laughs> the stuff he made. <laughs> You're like, if, I know what you mean, yeah, totally. If the Sorry. son of God, you know, in the flesh, if that is worthy of his 30 years of his life or yeah. whatever it was, then that has value. Um, it's not just official ministry that has value. So, Amen. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. This is a really valuable, I hope, uh, series. And uh, it's been good for me just to think about how my soul relates to my body and the ways that God has made us to work. So see you next time. <laughs>